0: Time of the week. It's Doggy Pod Time.
2: Welcome back everyone to the Doggy Pod. I'm veterinarian Dr. Rob Zammett
3: And I'm that veterinarian's producer, <laughs> Stephen Peters, and today we're talking about language. Specifically what language your dog speaks.
2: I'm also going to talk about doggy sprains. They're more common than you oh, think. Sounds
3: painful. And Dr. Rob is also going to talk to us about some of the weirdest, craziest, surprising things oh, that dogs have eaten. Yeah,
2: you're going to get shocked.
3: <laughs> and that have resulted in um, the dog having to come and see Dr. Rob to have said things removed. Anyway, let's kick off with what's been happening at the clinic this week, Rob Stephen. At the clinic, the headline was: What did you learn? Dachshunds can't jump. <laughs> Now,
2: dachshunds, for those that may not know them, are commonly called sausage dogs because they've got short legs but very long bodies. You know, they're a very uh, active little dog and they'll run around and do all sorts of things, especially when they're younger. It never really leaves them that desire to do things. And this little dachshund tried to do too much. Instead of walking carefully down the stairs, he went over to the embankment and jumped down. Not a big jump, but for a dachshund, it was. And what happened? He screamed in pain and couldn't move. He slipped a disc, Stephen, in he the back. A, oh. And that's the thing with dachshunds, you've got to be careful. You know, each breed has its own peculiarities of things that may affect it. With dachshunds, it's back problems. And so if you own a dachshund, please be very, very careful with the type of environment they live in. You know, don't let them jump down the embankment, don't let <laughs> them go up and down the stairs all the time because. What happens then, this dog very badly slipped a disc in its spine. We had to do what's called a myelogram, where we put dye into the spinal um, canal Mm -hmm. and see where the dye stops. And where it stops, you know, the disc is pushing up, and that's putting pressure on the spinal cord. So then we have to go in, operate in that area, and remove the tops, the bony tops of the spinal column. You know, that When you see a spine, you see all those spiky bits mm. on top. Mm. You have to remove those bits and remove right down the bone to expo- expose the spinal cord. That relieves it. And honestly, as we did this, you could just about see the spinal cord saying, oh, thank you, breathing a sigh of relief.
3: So the dog was under, I'm guessing. Through oh, that, yes. It.
2: It's, a, it's a long surgery. It's a full anaesthetic, of course. You know, the dog is anaesthetised. We do the x-rays. We do the dye test, and we take it straight to surgery. We don't wait the quicker you get these cases the more chance of success not all these cases will end in success just like back this is back surgery just like back surgery for humans not all back surgeries are successful hmm. they don't always relieve pain and they don't always relieve uh, someone's you know, partial paralysis so if you can get to the spinal cord before the cord is damaged and uh, allow allow the cord to get back to normal function then the dog can walk again Unfortunately, this dog already is up on his feet. So it happened only um, at the beginning of the week. Mm. So five days later, this dog is up on his feet and taking little steps. And you never know whether they're going to walk again when you do the surgery. So please be careful. And really a lesson there is if you're buying a dog or if you're a breeder that's selling a dog, think about the house that's going to go into the, the actual household. Is it suitable for that breed? If it's you know a mountain goat track with lots of stairs and the dog has to go up and down the stairs to go to the bathroom and things like that, a dachshund is not suitable for it.
3: Do they have, uh, like compared to the size of their legs, their, their spine is quite long, isn't it, really?
2: Yeah, no, no longer than any other dog. You know, the, the it, just, species, it just looks longer. Yeah, it looks longer, but the species canine has you know, seven vertebrae in the neck area, 13 in the chest area, seven in the back or lumbar area, and then three in the sacrum. Every breed of dog has that. Occasionally you'll see a dog that varies from that, and that's a an aberration in that particular animal. But the species, whether it's a chihuahua, whether it's a dachshund, whether it's a great big Great Dane, they're all the same with a number of vertebrae, just obviously a bit bigger in the Great Dane and much smaller in the tiny little chihuahua.
3: What was the dog's name, by the way? Oh, this little dog, Rembrandt. Okay, I went to the movies the other night. The film was in Italian, and it was about dogs and their owners and truffle hunting. I think it was actually called The Truffle Hunters. It's a great movie for... uh people who love dogs and food. Um, But but what was interesting, it was a documentary, and the dogs seemed to understand everything the owner was saying to them, in Italian, of course. So I'm thinking, obviously, dogs in every country of the world respond to their owner's commands, regardless of language. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it just down to tonality, or how does that work? Because, you know, there's not French or Italian (laughs) or English or Russian-speaking dogs out there. Oh, wait a minute. I
2: mean, the dogs that you saw were probably the Legato Romagnolo. That's an Italian dog, would you believe, evolved and picked to hunt truffles. Yes. And they're doing it here in Australia now, in Tasmania and in Canberra. Yes. The, the Legotto has found a good home here in Australia, and they go out hunting truffles there. But What's it called again? The Legotto, or Legotto Romagnolo, if you want to be exact. So you can, you can buy one here? Oh, yes, you can get them here. They're, they're great family dogs. Right. They so, may, may dig up your yard a little bit until you train them.
3: <laughs> so those dogs probably did speak Italian then. Yeah, they per forza. Yeah, what he, what he said. So yeah, how, yeah, does that, how does that work? That well,
2: when, you, um, when you're learning language, no matter what it is, the left side of your brain interprets the words. Mm-hmm. The right side interprets the tone and the emotion. You know, like when your mum said, Hey, Stephen... You know, things are good. When your mum says, hey, Stephen, you yeah. know, you're in trouble. And it's... I used to get that a lot. Yeah. That's the combination of the two things, would you believe, that dogs pick that up as well. They, uh, people in Hungary, some scientists in Hungary, taught dogs to lie quietly in an MRI machine, you know, which is a pretty noisy yeah, thing. Yeah. But they then they could understand what dogs were doing with their brains when that people were talking to, especially the words they know, and they were processing language just like humans. Left side for words, right side for tone and emotion. And how many dogs uh, you know, do that? It's quite amazing. We don't talk to them enough. They say that on average, a dog can understand up to about 150, 160 words. Some people quote up to 250 words for some dogs. And it really depends on the environment they start with. I had a client who's a very good dog trainer, and she always talks to the dogs, and you they think, crazy, dogs are not understanding that. Well, they are. They understand the tone, after a while, they understand the words, and they certainly get the emotions. We know that for a fact.
3: So what you're saying, then, is dogs that are brought up in different countries with different languages actually do understand
2: that language. Oh, yeah. They'll understand, you know, you bring out a German import from you know, for a German Shepherd from somewhere... Mm. And you told to drop, and say what? But they're a bit well-trained dogs. If you say "plutz," they understand that word, and mm. they they lie down straight away. Sits for you know, all different words. They've they've learnt that language as they've grown up. They quickly they're quicker to learn languages than we are, because mm. in no time at all you can you now train them in the English language as well, much quicker than we do. But yes, processing language, dogs do it just like humans. Left side for the words, right side of the brain for tone and emotion.
3: So for all our dog owners out there, your dog actually speaks English.
2: Better than you, probably. Ooh, that's, hey, <laughs> hang on, that's not saying much about
3: our, our listeners. No, better than, all right, better than me. Yeah, well, that's, that's, yeah. that's easy. Um, I wonder if there's a, a bilingual dog,
2: maybe. Oh yeah,
3: English yeah. and Italian. Or I
2: certainly had that when I was growing up. My mother would always speak Italian to our German Shepherd. I'd speak English to it, and he had to uh, learn both languages and did so very, very well. <laughs> so they can. If they, yeah, it's what they're exposed to, and the younger uh, they're exposed to this, when you start and do it straight away, the better it is. So if you bought a young dog and you're thinking, you know, now's the time to start training. Yes or no? Talk to your dog all the time.
3: Yeah, you know, you've said this before quite a few times that you, you think we don't all of us generally talk to our dogs as not much enough. As we communication,
2: should. especially, you know, during the good times when your dog's eating, you know, what do we do? We put the food down then we walk away. Yeah. Hey, yeah. crazy. It's the best time to talk to your dog while the dog's eating. Just gently pat it. And all you have to say is, Good dog, good dog and pat it while it's eating. It's you know, inside there, it's feeling your tone, feeling your emotion, hearing your words. Left side of the brain the words coming in and all of a sudden right side of the brain says oh this is a good feeling so later on you mightn't have any food but you say good dog and the dog thinks oh yeah this is lovely what my owner is saying to me is great and so when you use that good dog for training yeah sit and you make the dog sit say good dog the dog feels good about it and understands the word sit eventually means be in this position lie down means to 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 drop down onto the ground they'll learn all these words very, very quickly, the more you talk to them, the more you show them, the more industry you're giving them as well. You know, the dog that's a, a nuisance barker or digging up the garden, why is the dog doing that? Because it doesn't have a job. Hmm. You know, dogs need jobs. They need industry. And unless you give it to them, they'll find their own. Yeah. An intelligent dog always does. And for, when people say to me, oh, you know, this puppy, it's not like the old last dog I had. The last dog you had died when it was 14, 15 years old. You don't remember it as a puppy as much as as you do as an old, older sedate dog that's quieter, getting through life and enjoying life with you in its twilight years. The new puppy is different. And that's the other thing. Never compare two dogs. Mm. It's not a one replacing the other. It's just a different love.
3: <laughs> some people might be able to hear some panting in the background. Uh, Rob and myself both have a dog in the studio this <laughs> afternoon, and... Um, Yes, Molly, uh,
2: the little Bichon, she's about six six or eight kilos. And Um. her boyfriend, Opie, the old English sheepdog, he's about 34
3: kilos. Yeah, so they're a wonderful couple. (laughs) And there's, yeah, so excuse us if you hear some panting uh, going on. But um, so I'm just going to put you on the spot here, Rob. Mm -hmm. Uh, Considering what you just said, what would be, say, the 10 words or five words uh, that your dog should speak should understand in English. Obviously,
2: sit. Good dog first. Good dog. Good dog. And then, yes, sit, come is really important. Hmm. And drop, vitally important. You know, if you can train your dog properly to drop, it'll drop like a sack of potatoes when you say it. Why hmm. is that important? Because you know, dogs do sometimes get out or get on the wrong side of the road. They see you, they want to come running towards you, and there's a car coming down the, the hill and it's going to hit your dog if your dog comes towards you. So you say, drop, and the dog lies down there. At least it avoids an accident. Hmm. Stay, of course, is, is a vital command. You know, so these are the the basic things. And heal. Who wants to be pulled around all the time by your dog when you're on the walk? No, walk by my side. Heal. I think that's an, a, a very important part. Wait rather than stay. You know, wait it, rather than stay. Yeah, okay. but I always teach my dogs, you know, just wait there. Uh, I, I learnt that the hard way. I had a dog. Um, we've spoken about him, before he was yeah. probably you know, very close to me. And I said to him, "Oh, you stay there." And went inside. I was at the backyard. He normally comes inside. but I said, "You stay there." This dog was really well trained. I think I came out about forty-five minutes later. The dog was in the exact same spot, and mm-hmm. I realised my mistake. I said to him, "You stay there." And he said, "Okay." And yeah, he, he did didn't play. have a move, poor <laughs> bugger. So I, I, when I'm going in the house and I don't want the dog to come in at that particular time, I say, you wait there,
3: please. So you can hang around. Yeah. You don't have to sit in exactly yes. the same spot. And
2: I, look, I, I, there's two other words I often use with my dogs. Please and thank you.
3: Oh. Now, apparently dogs, particularly larger dogs, sprain their legs a lot more often than we think. Well, in fact, small ones sprain all sorts of things, as we heard earlier. So how do we know how serious a sprain is? And uh, what can we do at home if we think our dog's got a sprain and we can't get Mm. to the vet?
2: Well, I guess know the sign of a sprain, lameness, of course. Mm. If uh, if it's on the limb area, you might be able to just gently run your hand down and and feel if not see the swelling swelling always or your dog will yelp or something Yep. yeah pain is that yelping is pain so if you as you're running your hand down it may yelp in that particular spot and of course some behavioral changes the dog's quieter one doesn't want to run around now may not even if there are other dogs doesn't want to be near the other dogs because it knows it's going to hurt and so that's right the diagnosis is gentle palpation by pressing and you'll see the pain you may flex that limb that it's limping on to see if you can see where, where it is if, or if it hurts, or fully extend the limb as well to see if there's pain. If you can find the spot, then the ideal thing to do is ice. Use some ice on that area. That will help you know, decrease the swelling. It'll get some of the uh, fluid out of the way and help the fibres come together and join up. So because just it's like
3: with humans? Probably.
2: Exactly like that. Some pain medication can always help if you've got some that you've used on your dog. Um, spoken to your vet, you know the dose for it. Just kill the pain.
3: Would you ever give your dog um, Panadol or aspirin? Yes, or yes, both Nurofin? of those.
2: For, no, not Nurofen. Uh, Panadol um, or paracetamol mm. was looked at as very bad for some reason in Australia. They were using it up, or at least in, in this state and in the eastern seaboard yet yeah, it was being used all the time up in the Northern Territory when I went up there giving lectures they were using it without any problems in the United States I know they use paracetamol with what codeine. would the dosage
3: be then it would be the equivalent to a well it must be a lot less a lot less than a, even, less than a human for a child yep, yeah. yep,
2: yep talk to your vet about your dog whether you should have used paracetamol or not before you need it because your veterinarian will know your dog if your dog has a liver problem or a kidney problem if it will say no you can't with that dog so before you worry about dosage and how much to give it, talk to your veterinarian. Should I ever have a problem on a weekend? I need to give it some Panadol. What dose should I use of paracetamol or aspirin? Aspirin also is very, very good for dogs. There are other non-steroidal anti-inflammatory dr- drugs that we use for dogs commonly in practice. And we use those for arthritis all the time. So if you've got you now some of those somewhere because one dog's had it, in the past, and you've got them stored away, that mm. often happens. You can use some of those. When it gets very bad, the veterinarian may prescribe steroids and even surgery for some sprains that where a muscle actually tears open. That does happen, the muscle can tear open. And Especially
3: get... on, I'm guessing, on bigger dogs.
2: Yeah, on the, on the big dogs. And you'll see big hematomas turn up. Yeah, you have to remove the hematoma and sew the, the muscle sheath together. So, sprains are not uncommon at all in dogs and uh, cause a lot of pain, swelling. They can even cause tissue breakdown. If you've got a hematoma there, you know, a blood clot, remember that can go uh, very, very bad if it's untreated. It can actually, you know, bacteria can lodge there because you've got bacteria in your bloodstream all the time. And something like that, some, you know, blood that's clotted, perfect for bacteria to grow. So don't just fob off the sprain. It's no big deal. Sure, no big deal, 24 hours, maybe 48 hours. After that, if it's, nothing's working, a trip to the veterinarian to get it fixed up properly.
3: Because, you know, dogs obviously don't know their limitations, do they? they get excited, they run around. Friends of ours, friends of the doggy pod uh, who follow us on Instagram um, should also follow Duke the Poodle. Now, Duke the Poodle is a standard big white beautiful standard poodle uh, and there's a few poodles in that family and we often see them running around their backyard just bounding and chasing each other yep and turning turning right angles in a matter of a split second and and you do see how uh, you know if a dog's not sort of fit and healthy that could easily just cause yeah. a serious
2: sprain in their leg. Yep or worse yeah you know, rupture of something like um, in dogs one of the things that we often see in practice is a ruptured anterior cruciate ligament. Now, that cruciate ligament tears occur commonly in footballers. You know, when a footballer mm. does an e, that's what they're talking about, the cruciate ligament. And it requires major surgery. So, yes, dogs will always do more than they should, like children. You know, you tell your child, just rest. You, you, you've got a problem. You've got the rest. Yeah. Good luck with that one. <laughs> As if your kids ever listened. Mine never did. So it, it, canines can be the same, but you've got a little bit more control of your canines if they're yeah, you know, if the vet's told you to rest your dog, and you need to go outside, put it on a lead. Well,
3: lead, you've got more control pull. if you've learnt those five or six words that we talked about earlier. That's right, <laughs> heel. <laughs> now, as a vet over the years, Rob, you must have pulled out some seriously weird mm. stuff. Tell me about that. The dogs have eaten. Um, and, you know, some of them probably more serious than others. But I was just intrigued, as I'm sure all of our listeners are. Give us some weird stuff, Rob. When
2: I first graduated, it was my first job. The woman came, she had this, yeah, you know those big round gold earrings that were very oh, fashionable. Yeah. Mm. She only had one of those. <laughs> what, had, what happened to the other one? We I x-rayed mean? it. It was inside the Labrador. Yes. And uh, she didn't want to operate. So in that case, I said, okay, feed it lots of brown rice. Mixed with meat and a bit of oil, and we'll keep X-raying it to make sure. Because the the long spike that goes into those earrings was
3: that st- oh, was pierced here ear- Yeah, ear. Oh.
2: it was yeah. sitting there, and I said, if that pierces, we're going in straight away. If we start seeing gas, or if it doesn't move, this thing did move out, and she came in one morning for the X-ray, and I, yep, no, the dog's passed it. What? No, it's it's very valuable. I've been checking all the time, <laughs> <laughs> never found that earring. Oh. So yep. <clears throat> That was the I'm very not surpri- first thing. I'm
3: not surprised by earrings, to be
2: honest. Uh, fish hooks and fishing lures. Um, especially if, if you've had a fish on there or bait on there, if we still have some bait on there. It's tasty. The dog sniffs it and smells it, and they swallow the fish hook oh, or the fishing painful. lure. Usually whole, and we have to find those. One of the worst ones, barbecue sticks, because you can't see them on the x-ray.
3: What do you mean barbecue sticks? What yeah, those
2: long barbecue, those... Like um, satay sk- stick. Yeah, satay sticks. Right. Yeah, they're full of flavour mm. because they've been... You, you put the meat on it or whatever it is, the mm. chicken or the vegetables, and you marinate for a while yes. so it soaks into the stick. Yeah. Then you cook it and you, and you don't get everything off. Well, the dog will. Stick and yeah. all. And yeah. they swallow them whole. And we've, we've pulled them out of weird places in dogs where they've caused abscesses. Very common thing, corn cobs. You know, when you eat corn in the cob, oh, yeah. and you're you left with the cob them recently. Yeah, but yeah, it's still got the batter and all, all that corn juice and everything inside there, and instead of chomping them up, they swallow them whole. Mm-hmm. and they do block up and cause problems. Some of the real weird ones, of course, light bulbs. You know, the, not <laughs> I'm assuming small small light bulbs, bulbs, but they swallow them whole, and they actually show up on X-rays. Right. Yeah, and I don't mean you don't turn the light on that comes on. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what you meant by that, yes. The metal part of them and sometimes part of the glass shows up. Items of clothing, everything, but the worst ones are socks and underpants yes. because they smell so nice. Yes, yes. Yeah, and we've... We won't go into those <laughs> whole balls, you know, like a tennis ball. And the weird thing, Stephen, is you get these little dogs swallowing big balls whole. You think, how do they do it? Mm. But they manage. Uh, yeah, we've had golf balls swallowed whole by. But I'm just wondering swall- why
3: a dog would do that because it wouldn't have any inherent good taste. No, it's just anything.
2: having fun and right uh, th- you know something the chew ball on. the ball's chewing the ball sort of thing and the, and it goes to the back of the mouth. And, uh, oops, yeah, <laughs> it goes down. Uh, Recently, I think I talked about this. It was a turtle shell. You now from a, a, a turtle. A that, very small turtle. I'm uh, well, not the whole shell, but a big piece, a big chunk of it. And it wasn't digesting. It was in the stomach. And what would happen Hang is... Hang on, what
3: happened to the turtle first? Mm, okay. Oh, there okay. were three dogs
2: <laughs> and one turtle. And the turtle's not a fast and, mover. And
3: now there's three dogs and no And, no and a
2: sick dog. One of them and was very scared. sick. And... This dog came in and they said, oh, it's been vomiting and yeah, we x-rayed, it looked pretty good, the dog was fine, I said, look, I'll just keep it in, let's see how it goes, so we watched the dog, no vomiting, nothing, it was fine, next now, that night, went home, rang up the next morning, Now the dog's sick again, oh, bring it in, the dog was okay, look, I'll keep it in for a couple of nights and... The dog was okay, and we put it on the drip. And I was just about to send it home. Went, it, the dog went sick then. Thought, That's weird. We x-rayed, and they couldn't see anything. Mm. But I was suspicious there was something in the stomach. The gas pattern wasn't quite right. So I spoke to the owners, on, and they t- knew about this turtle thing. So we opened it up, and there was this bit of turtle shell. And what it was doing was every now and then it would lodge in the exit of the stomach, cause right. problems and then it would move away and everything was fine lodge again so it was causing a partial blockage in intermittent blockage i guess and we had to find it you now and get this shell out paper clips coins white coins and the been dogs that have chewed swallowed not one coin not two but like dozens <laughs> and dozens of coins but the weirdest the number one weirdest <laughs> thing there was, a, I think, a few dogs chasing a bearded dragon. A bearded dragon, for those people that don't know, it's a type of water lizard. Mm. And, if you look, and they're and all spiky. and no, not small and spiky. The dog grabbed it and swallowed it. And they came, the people came and said, my dog just swallowed the bearded dragon. I thought, you mean he chewed it up? No, no, he swallowed it whole. I thought, nah. Anyway, mm. we decided we'd try and make the dog vomit to see if that would help. It did, and it brought up the whole bearded dragon.
3: I'm assuming We didn't have to operate, but... I'm I'm assuming the bearded dragon was dead. Yes, I would have
2: loved it not to have been dead, so it could (laughs) could have run away. That would have been a good look. So Uh, There was a few holes, a few puncture holes, which killed it. Um, Right, okay. um, it, It had been swallowed whole, and it was brought up whole. In fact, I will start digging it out. I know I've got the photo somewhere.
3: I oh, will keep looking. So, how long did we'll it put sit- it on
2: our Instagram page?
3: How long did it sit inside the? Um, oh, not the long dog's at all.
2: Not, you can tell it's a bearded dragon. It was, yeah, it was only there probably for an hour at the most, not even. Right. The people lived not far from the practice. They came in. They said the dogs were, you know, three dogs, and I was yelling at them, and one of them grabbed it, and I was worried they were going to tear it apart. Worse, it swallowed mm-hmm. a whole <laughs> a bearded dragon all the way down in a golden retriever and all the way back up, thank God.
3: <laughs> anyway, that uh, is pretty much the end of our show this week. We really do appreciate you listening and please uh, follow us on Facebook and share the love, tell the world, tell all your dog friends uh, and any dog you meet on the street as well. Also, you can follow us on Instagram and remember that uh, all of our episodes from the first season last year uh, um, they're waiting for you on your uh, podcast platform of choice. Now, as always, Rob's like, Rob likes to leave us with something special. Well, one
2: thing I must say, the price of dogs has gone through the roof because of COVID, would you relate? Everybody wants a dog because yeah, of COVID. Fair enough. Uh, but while money can certainly buy you a fine dog, it's only love that can make his tail wag.
3: <laughs> Very true. We'll see you all next week. See you next week.